0: Welcome to the Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger and I serve as head pastor here. Hey, we want to help you think about stuff you need to think about and talk about stuff you need to talk about. And I've got my special guest with me over there. What's your name? My name is Connor Mays. Connor Mays. What's up? Connor Mays is our student men director here and uh, doing an incredible job with the teens. And we're going we're gonna to talk about something that I think is incredibly important to uh, to us as a church. I I think really it should be to anybody who's going to be a follower of Jesus Christ um, and really anybody that just wants to be a good person. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to talk about?
1: Oh, man, you're letting me introduce this. All right. Today we're talking about uh, racism and racial prejudice um, and what we can do about it and just different areas of that. And so I guess what we need to do, Matt, is what is racial prejudice? What is I guess, your definition of what have you seen as racial prejudice?
0: Yeah, I mean, as I look at it, I, I think, first of all, before we even like say anything about it, we've got to acknowledge that I don't know that any of us understands it perfectly. It's just created a whole bunch of pain, um, and we've had billions of people who have been killed over this. Um, families that have been destroyed over this and, and people's lives that have been ruined. So uh, as we talk about this, you know, we ask for some grace from our, our listeners because mm-hmm. we're searching for answers as well. What we want to do is we want to look in our own hearts and say anything that we're resp- any way we're responsible for it. As we, as God brings it to light in our life, we want to get rid of it. We want to move past it and we want to love people just for who they are, not, not for who we think they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, Talk about the elephant in the room here. We're, we're two white males in uh, central Pennsylvania. And so we we only have one perspective. You know, We both have different experiences and things like that of different cultures. But this is just from what we've experienced and what we've seen. And so we just want to make that clear as well that this is from our perspective, what we've seen and what we see in the scriptures as well.
0: Yeah, and we, we have our own upbringings. And mine is uh, mine's pretty unique in that I grew up in an area that was pretty – like it was okay to be racist. Uh, and you could go throughout high school and be like a normal, like, you know, respected individual mm-hmm. and still be racist. There were a group of kids actually who decided to have a white supremacist day in my high wow. school. They're going to wear white T-shirts and, uh, you, you know, let everybody know. And then there was a rival school – That was a couple miles away that had a lot of minorities and there was a big thing where they were going to come on white, quote, white supremacist day um, and uh, they were going to create some sort of fight that I don't think ever happened. But that was sort of what I was used to growing up and knowing that it was wrong, but not really ever speaking up and Mm -hmm. saying anything uh, about it. So uh, so let's go back to that question. Yes. What is racial prejudice? And I think what it is is, is we notice trends in an individual or in a group of people, and we assume to be that, that they're true of the whole. So, like, if I don't like one person because um, I, I deem them to be not a hard worker or or you know not not good for society, and, and then I can say that's true of everybody who is similar to them, and uh, it's really ironic to think about because we so hate when that's presented of us you know, even even the white supremacist guys who uh who I went to high school with and a lot of them just happen to be you know redneck farmers and and uh and so if you were to like stereotype them and say like well anybody who listens to country music is a uh, stupid redneck they would be so incredibly offended mm-hmm. that you said something that was true of some people who happened to like that stuff and, and applied it to all yet at the same time they're doing the exact same thing so i i think racial prejudice at its core is just a judgment for our own benefit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. hundred percent. It's just
0: me looking out for me and making myself feel better. Uh, Bob Butley, I, I quoted it the other day in the sermon. He says, racism is mankind standing on the backs uh, of another person for their own ego. <sighs> it, it's just this idea that I'm going to self promote myself at the cost of somebody else.
1: Yeah, that's, that's huge. And it's funny, like my background, I went from a very, uh, white dominant area to a high school where diversity was just the norm. Um, But you still saw uh, you saw people friends with other different people and things like that. And even like with the high school stereotypes, the jocks would hang out with the band geeks and things like that. So it was a pretty diverse group. But you definitely saw like you saw the white hallway. You saw the black hallway. You saw the Hispanic hallway. And I, Matt, like, why do you think, though, why are we talking about this? Why is this? Obviously, this is we've seen throughout history, like you said, people being killed, people being like uh, groups of people being taken out for whatever reason. Or, you know, we've seen in our own country slavery happen. Why is this such an important for the in for the church to talk about mainly?
0: Yeah. Great, great question. I think it's incredibly important. I think you can't really read the scriptures and read how they talk about humanity read where we end up which is where we were on sunday in church you know looking at that revelation concept of mm-hmm. every tribe and every tr- every tribe and every tongue and every nation praising god and go you know oh except for uh, except for those tribes or except for those languages mm-hmm. or except for those nations as if somehow we get like we get to be better than them when the reality is that that american christianity only happens because a group of Jewish Christians is convinced by God to cross racial <laughs> barriers
1: and bring the gospel over to us. Yeah, it didn't even I, start with us. Gosh, we could go so many ways about this, but because um, my mind is going a million different directions. But I think one of the things that we need to make clear is that, especially for uh, white Americans, that Jesus wasn't a white guy. No, he,
0: he was not. <laughs> he
1: was not a white guy. Contrary to whatever... Uh, Picture you've got hanging
0: on your wall (laughs) or you've seen hanging somewhere. He didn't have like long, flowing, blonde, brown hair. And
1: no. And Jesus, when we again, when we look at the scriptures and we look intently with intention, we see Jesus breaking down those barriers all the time, talking to Samaritans who yeah, yeah. Jewish people, like, that was a, a big no-go. You don't do They called them
0: half-breeds. They called them dogs. They, yep. If you were going to, like, if you were going to go on, a, on like, a walking journey. So remember, they didn't drive at this point in history. They they walked. And if it meant that you had to walk an extra 10 miles to go around Samaria to avoid interacting with a Samaritan, that's just what you did yep. so that you could avoid that people group um, and, and any sort of crossing paths with them. So I— it, to me, it's important because it's important to God. And two thoughts that I think are, are central to that. And Philippians 2, we'll start with that one. Uh, I think God wants to train us to view others as as more important than us, mm. as opposed to allowing ourselves to be more important than them. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you, to the interests of others, and I, and I think about that idea, and what comes to my mind is a scene when I was, you know, driving down the, the street in in the center of this little town, and coming the other direction is this like, you know, big lifted farm truck with the the <laughs> stacks coming out the top, and a giant Confederate flag mm. like stuck and and waving as he drove. And as, as I see him like in the background, in the foreground is a young African-American mm. male walking down the street. And I'm thinking like, wow, like has that guy ever given a real legitimate concern or compassion to how that might influence somebody else?
1: Yeah, I you know, and there's a lot of controversy with Confederate flags and things like that. And people can say, you know, that 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 doesn't mean I'm racist. I'm just proud of where I come from or my family and stuff like that. And that could totally be true. But here's the thing. Like Philippians, uh, Paul says in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Like, so if it hurts or offends somebody, and now this could be really tricky. Like, you can't morph your life around making everybody happy. But with something like that, making somebody like that young African American kid, like that could have made him feel less than or in danger. In fact, Um, man, we should, we need to think about those things. What are the things that we're saying? What are the things that we're wearing? What are we presenting even on social media? We have to be very cautious of somebody else and put ourselves in other people's shoes instead of just thinking about ourselves. Well, I was just, you know, sharing my thoughts and ideas and my beliefs well, think about the other person and how they might react. To yeah, that. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to call a spade a spade where I've, I've heard that answer
0: n- tons of times that that's that's just my heritage. It's not, yep. nothing to do with racism. And like, this is my question to like to that person. Then where are all your minority friends? Mm-hmm. Like, where's your group of Hispanic and, and African-American friends that you're hanging out with who, who don't care about that flag? Because I've never seen that be the case. I've never seen like a, an actual love for minorities while somebody's flying that in the back of the truck. And so like I guess maybe it's possible somewhere I just haven't seen it yeah. where people are actually caring about what God wants in in loving somebody else and being considerate of what what might cause them deep pain just to gain a little bit of pleasure of your own. So that that's one thing. Like I just think you got to think about other people more than you think about yourself and and the Bible constantly calls us to let go of some of our rights for the betterment of other people. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one. The other thing is, and this is this is to me the bigger of the two. Like, have you ever have you ever been tempted to complain about the cooking when the chef's in the room? <laughs> like, I just think that's an awkward thing, right? That's a, that's a funny funny statement. Yeah, yeah. Like, so the chef's in the room, and if you d- like, if you're not happy about the cooking, like, I, I don't. That's just an unusual thing to to think about, but. Like, I compare that to this because Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God God is at work. It's his handiwork. It's his cooking. He's in the kitchen, and we're essentially going, God, I don't like it. Like, I don't like the idea that they would be as equal to me as, as you say they are. Mm. And I think there's this kind of this haughtiness of complaining about the cooking while the chef's in the room. Cause God knows the status of our heart and he sees what's going on inside. And for me to be uh kind of complaining about the way that he's, he's designed the world, the way that he's made people. Uh, I just think it's, it's prideful.
1: Yeah. I think we, when we read that scripture, when we, when I read Ephesians two ten, it's really easy for me to be like, Oh God's handy work. Yeah. Like I think this goes back to how we read scripture and we need to realize that when when we read ephesians 2:10 in harrisburg pennsylvania there might be uh, a a man who has four kids and a wife and is living in a small village in africa who might read he's ephesians 2:10 he's going to read the 2. same, same verse 2:10 and god wants it to, to have the same hope and the same hope and the same love and the same uh, joy that there's a god who created me to do good works and that he loves me so much that he, he, he knows every hair on my head. Like we need to think of this from a global stance, not just, uh, yeah, I local. love that thought. Yep. yep. Cause it's, you know, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, but man, when you get to know some of those people and you get that, um, uh, what's it called? That kind of view of people that they are God's handiwork, Man, it's really hard to like hate someone to do in that, um, in that kind of mindset, because there's a lot of grace that's shown because we know, man, they're God's handiwork, even when there are uh, some poor choices made or some disagreements that are had. Man, they're God's handiwork. And if we could have that mindset, I think that could solve a lot of our issues. Right, because
0: racism is essentially saying, God, you made a bad meal or,
1: oh, you yeah.
0: know, um, God, I don't like your handiwork here. And like, I just I just think it's awfully haughty and proud of us to take that stance. When, when God's the one who designed the world the way that he did.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this, Matt. I know you and I've had conversations, but so think of a time of the first time you were in, like you were submerged in a, to a different culture. Um, and what was that? What, what were you scared of? What were you nervous for? Were you excited? How, how did it turn out? Yeah. Uh, so this is just like super
0: random and going back to when I was a kid, and I made friends with another boy. His name was Josh, and he was African-American. Um, and we're talking, like, first grade or something like that. My parents, like, allowed me to go over to his house for a day, and, and we went to – actually went to Mount Gretna and went swimming, went to Chuck E. Cheese. And I remember it just being somewhat – just really different for me. Mm-hmm. But that was a formative thing for me to experience that they're still people. They're not just because there are some differences and there there's differences, not just in the way that they look, but in the way that they might respond to something or the way they might think about something. But that doesn't make it better or worse. It's just different and difference, not something to be scared of. It's something to learn about.
1: Yeah, I think, man, I have like so many stories running through my head. I could talk about high school uh, missions trip going to another country But one of them that just popped in my head, um, so I worked for a landscaping business, and a lot of the guys who worked were um, immigrants, and they were from, a lot of these guys were from El Salvador, which I have a huge heart for El Salvador, because I went on a mission trip there, and I just uh, fell in love with the people there. Um, And I met these guys, and they worked for um, a family member's company. And just talking to them, like I worked alongside them, yeah. And I was, they form a bond. At yeah, that point. I was. Uh, they they made fun of me all the time. Like we everybody we should. Each, that's, yeah, that's everybody should make fun norm. of Connor. every wh- <laughs> culture should make
0: fun of Connor Mays.
1: That's how we're gonna bring everybody together. <laughs> that's the whole Let's world. just make fun of Connor. National
0: Make Fun of Connor Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's so, tomorrow, by the way. Oh, sweet! Yeah, January twenty first.
1: Can't wait. Um, might get some Facebook messages about that. But anyways, uh, so. They would bust on me, and they would laugh, and we would just talk, and then I would hear their stories, um, and real broken English, and so there was a lot of frustration, like, you know, we were trying to work, and I couldn't understand what they were doing, so there was, like, some, you know, moments of, man, I just wish you spoke clean English, and then I heard their stories, and, you know, I know we, a lot of us have different views on this. A l- lot of, you know, illegal immigrants coming into this country and, and citizenships and things like that. But hearing their stories totally changed my views on, like, politically and even from, a you know, a believer in Christ. Um, the hardships that they went through. Yeah. Um, one of the guys, he's like, I haven't seen my family in 14 years. Wow. Wow. And I'm just like, dude, why don't you save up some money and drag He's like. Cause I won't be able to come back and I won't be able to work. And so, I mean, long story short to say, man, my, my heart broke and it, and one of the quotes I remember, I forget who said it, but man, that's really hard to hate somebody up close. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to hate somebody up close. And so we can watch stuff on TV. We can read stuff, articles, but man, when you get to know somebody, man, it's really, really hard to be like, man, what you're doing is wrong. Um, and so that was one of the big moments in my shift of, you know, understanding different cultures and right just understanding people, man. Um, no,
0: I, I love that. And I love the reality of of getting close to people and loving them. And, and like the, the political thing is such a hot button right now. And honestly, like if I'm being real, real, like just clear right now, I was kind of hoping we'd avoid that on the podcast. But let's just like, you know, l- let me just say this, like as christians you you should have biblically informed political stance mm. you know and convictions that's fine but they should never run counter to the clear spiritual need to love the people who are right in front of you like 100%. nothing nothing we should do should ever be unloving towards other people and inconsiderate to them so whatever your political stance are uh, okay but at the end of the day you just got to love people yeah and uh, i just so so Racism is, it's such, it's so rooted in pride. Mm. Like, I don't, I never see, like, a humble racist. There's (laughs) there's always a proud racist. I don't think the two can coexist well. And I just think it's so incredibly ironic that we're proud of something we have no control over.
1: Interesting thought. Like, I
0: was just, I was born white. Yeah. And I was born into a middle-class home. And so the very idea that I would look down on somebody who wasn't white or wasn't born middle-class because they weren't it's just it's just totally foolish to me yeah I'm sorry I'm passionate about this but I just I think it's a ridiculous concept to look at somebody else and say oh you were born different than what I
1: was so I, so so you're less than me Yeah. so let me ask you this then like since it's taken a long time like for us to like we've had these experiences and stuff like that and so we've seen it and and we can get real frustrated about seeing racism and stuff like that, but what's like the root of it? What, where did this come from? Obviously, you said pride, and, yeah. and we know that sin has entered this world and ruined what is good, mm-hmm. and God mm-hmm. has created good things, which we believe is diversity is one of those things. Um yes. w- What is the root of racism then? What, do, what do you feel like it is? All right, I'll give you give you three things,
0: and we'll, we'll focus on the first one, and then the other two we'll kind of tackle on quickly. Um, the first one is is this is I think it's fear. I mean, this comes not from myself, but this comes from from a conversation with somebody who is who has struggled with this in life, um, who, who grew up in a setting where it would have been perfectly acceptable for them to make racist thoughts and uh, racial thoughts and racial judgments. And, and just saying, you know, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think makes this so tough for us? What's the root of it? And he said, it's 100 you know, percent fear. Um, it, it's fear of something that I'm not familiar with. Fear of something that uh, I'm uncomfortable about or fear that I'm, uh, you know, so that I might be unsafe. Mm-hmm. That that in other words, they might do things differently and I don't know about it. I'm not familiar. I'm not comfortable um, or it's not safe. Like we, the, the big thing is, if we were to say right now, hey, we're going to go have a service like downtown Harrisburg. Like I, I would guess a number of us would struggle to say, well, that's not safe because and, and fill in the blank with your reason for that. And, and maybe that reason has you know, racial undertones to it. Um, but I think God calls us to be real about our fear. fear, mm. And uh, and for us to say, yeah, tough people are going to acknowledge tough things about themselves. And so if I have a struggle here and it's it's tough for me to acknowledge that, that's okay. I'm going to be real about the fact that I've got a struggle here and I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I, I could be hurt or I could be taken advantage of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember going to... Uh, uh, El Salvador like I mentioned before and just oh my gosh was I scared I had no idea yeah uh, the if anything's new yeah new scary if we're honest it was so yeah it was just new it was unfamiliar and I had no idea and it was just it was terrifying and so I think when we come in contact with the unfamiliar we just want to we want to be comfortable man like that's a part yeah. of our, one of our problems are, I know for me, like I want to be comfortable. I don't want to learn a new language or near learn a new lingo or whatever it is. And I don't want to try new food. Like that's the, the stubbornness in me. Like yeah. I like the things that I like and that's the the issues I have to work out. That's the pride in me that I have to sure. work out. So
0: you actually, you touched on my second kind of root of race, and The first is that fear. And I, if you struggle with this and, and, like it's okay to struggle with it. I get that, but you got to grow. You got to look and find God in this. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the first one. The second one you you touched on is stubbornness, where I do think it's, it's sort of hard for us to accept a different story. Um, That might mean we were wrong in the past, might mean the way that we looked at people or kept our distance from people or avoided people. It might mean we were, we, we made
1: mistakes there and we don't, we don't like to own up to the fact that we were wrong. No, we've talked a lot about this actually here at church at Susquehanna Valley and even on this podcast. But we don't like to admit that we are living life wrong. And that's the beauty of the grace of Jesus is that we are forgiven of that. Yeah, we are forgiven of all the mistakes, all the things that we. So, man, if I, I was talking to my students last night about a mistake, I made as a kid and I was saying a bad word all the time. I had no idea it was a bad word until I got in trouble for it. Yeah. And if I didn't get in trouble for it, I'd be walking around as a five-year-old saying a bad word that I probably shouldn't be and I wouldn't have known. And so this is one of those things that we need to understand that it's okay for other people to or even scripture to call out in us, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. and, And for us to be a place where even the person who struggles with racism can come here. And, and let God rewrite their, their own narrative of life. If that means they have to confess and, and grow, then so be it. And, I, like, I love the story of Fred Jackson, a guy who um, was a good friend of mine who happened to pass away this past year, and he's with God in heaven right now. Um, but Fred, you know, spent some time in prison, and, you know, he had a lot of interactions with minorities and, and uh, had a lot of prejudice and remember just, you know, preaching a sermon on this and Fred, Fred saying, I, I need to meet with you this week. And so we met, and he just said, you made the statement about God's love for people, regardless of the color of their skin. And, and he said, it's not me and I don't like it. And I want to change. Mm. And that, that was just one of the coolest conversations to have with somebody, um, uh, for him to be open about that and, and real, but for him to let God overcome stubbornness in his life was a big deal. So, so the first one, I think the root is it's fear-based. It, we're stubborn with it or it's what we're used to. Um, and then the other one is I just think naturally it's easier to divide than it is to unite it's easier to separate it's either easier to divide than it is to unite it's easier to separate than it is to grow together it's true in any single relationship it's much easier to move away from somebody than closer than them and so honestly we just take kind of the easy way out and and we we do what we're used to and we we avoid it and i I don't think it's what god's calls us to look
1: i like we can be honest like even doing talking about this right now this is a a hard thing like even though you you and I are passionate about it it's a it's a difficult subject to talk about and people um TMI too much information is usually like okay like look I just came on Sunday I wanted to hear a good message I I didn't want you to be so serious the whole time I've gotten that from teenagers a lot like I didn't know is this depressing here or I I didn't know we're gonna get so serious so fast and it's because we're talking about real stuff, and this is one of the realest things that um, we as a church, we really do need to talk about. And I love that story of Fred, um, and it made me think of uh, Romans uh, 12.3. Romans it says, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And I think for for Fred and and many of us, we have to think of a, think of ourselves. Okay, we need to like take an MRI scan and look mm-hmm. at those. Okay, where is that stuff popping up? Like a simple test is when you're driving. You know, like is what do you say when you see a, a minority, or what do you when you interact with people that are? It's a difficult situation. What pops up? Like that's your MRI scan right now, right there. And then you have to look at, all right, those are the things that I need to, I need to work on. Um, and so Matt, how, how can we work on this stuff? What are some things that we can do practically to kind of wrap all of this up to uh, leave this podcast and uh, kind of take care of this stuff?
0: Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw a quote out there from a woman, Barbara Williams Skinner, who is just been a leader in this fight for a long time with the church and racism. And she said, she said this, it may not be your fault, but it certainly is your time. Mm. may not be your fault, but it certainly is your time. In other words, it might not be your fault that, um, you, you know, people are judged. It may not be your fault that Americans had slaves for 250 years. It may not be your fault that the Hispanic people at your work are looked at and looked down upon. It may not be your fault, but it is your time. And so whatever the moment in front of you is that God has for you, if it's to reach out and to build a friendship, to, to reach out and make a connection, um, I, one of the quotes from, from Sunday on Church that I said is, is yeah, this, this is going to be awkward at times to come across <laughs> racial lines, but our awkwardness might lead to somebody else's healing. Like you showing them love might be pivotal, pivotal in their, their faith. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to, to adopt that mentality. It might not be your fault, but it's definitely your time. And and that comes from the book uh, I'd like you if you were more like me by John Ortberg, which
1: is a, a good book I'm enjoying
0: reading right now. So that's the first one. What do you got, Connor?
1: Um, so one of the things as we're thinking about this podcast, um, I was just thinking of the word uh, repent, and that's a, a kind of like a uh, church word that some people are like, sure. don't use that, don't don't say, don't tell people to repent because it. You know, you see like goofy videos on Facebook of Southern preachers saying repent and then smacking the face with the Bible or something like that. that I don't know. Maybe that's, that was good. That was yeah, good. that was pretty good. Um, but uh, actually, it, was, it wasn't. Oh, it was. sorry. I'm just not good <laughs> at accents. But uh, but no, repent is this idea. I love I, I forget who the pastor was. You said it. Um, Matt, and you've talked to me about this before. But repent is basically taking the bad stuff in our life. And replacing it with the good of God. So repent actually means to turn away, to turn our backs to something. So turning our backs to the bad things and to take on the love of Christ. And so when we think of, you know, what are those moments? What are those uh, things that, you know, maybe we were uncomfortable with a, a situation of a different culture or whatever it may be. You kind of fill in the blank. You know, we have to think about those things and we have to replace them. I think people just think, oh, I'm just going to be better. So when, you know, somebody goes to Pastor Matt and says, I I need to change this. This needs to get out of my life. Well, okay, you can't just say, stop it. You know, you have to replace it with something, replacing it with the love of Christ, replacing it with grace. Um, And so that's one of the, I think the first steps that we need to take is to, to turn away Come, come before God and ask for forgiveness because he is ready to give it to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to so we want to recognize um, that God's at work in others. We want to recognize that it's it's our time right now to make a difference in this. We want to repent. Um, and I, I just want to leave you with one kind of vision idea of of I think one day in heaven, we're going to stand alongside people who were um, alive during our time. We're different cultures different language or, or different customs and are we going to be able to to enjoy that time knowing knowing that we struggled to love them our whole life before that yeah. and I, I just want to anticipate what God is making history about and that's Jesus Christ being the center of worship from all people united in praise and, and so that that's where I hope you go with this um, hey this isn't just stuff we want to help you think about but it's stuff we want to help you talk about so I want to give you a couple things to guide you if that's just grabbing coffee with with a friend um, or if it's sitting down with your community group The, the first one is I want to challenge you to learn five things about another culture so pick one culture and learn five things about it. And I this is, this is full on. I want you to go back to third grade and do like a report on this. Okay. So like third grade when you had to make a little pamphlet and a poster.
1: Yeah, you had to make the poster. Yeah. Yep.
0: If you bring a poster to your community group, you get extra credit. I just want to throw <laughs> that out there. Uh, but I want and I want you to share it. So da- you should have like eight, 10 people sharing five things about a different culture, because I think we need to learn um, and, and and love people uh, as we learn about them. So that's the first thing. Learn five things and share them at your community group or share them over a cup of coffee. Coffee. And then the second question is, uh, I want you to share what your personal story with this subject is. Mm. You know, What was your upbringing like? What are some of the trials and tragedies? What are some of the, the things that excite you about it? So just kind of share your heart and your life on that. And, uh, Connor, you got something, go ahead. Yeah.
1: I was just thinking about this, you know, as we were preparing for this, um, I know the book of Romans is a really good book. If you were thinking about, uh, like furthering, furthering your study, that's a weird word furthering, uh, furthering your study, you know, look at the book of Romans, uh, when Paul writes this, this letter to the church in Rome, it, he's talking to the Jews and Gentiles in this argument between this clash between two cultures. And so R- read it with that lens knowing that that's going on and even uh Revelation 5 is another good scripture sure. that we talked about this to to kind of refer back to um to what it's going to look like in heaven one day. So if you want to like dive a little bit deeper, that's my suggestion to yeah, you. Yeah,
0: definitely check out Revelation 5 and just you know toss that question around in your group. How does this motivate you specifically to live differently in light of what God's future is for us and and other cultures? Yep. So, thank you again for joining in. Um, appreciate your time and listening to us, and we'll we'll catch
1: you back next time. See you guys.